Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. What a great time of worship. I believe God has several things for us. And I really want to thank the worship team. Because actually, to be very honest, when we, when we worship God is when we do real business with heaven. When we hear the word is when heaven does real business with us. But I think we will pass. Heaven won't. So I'm more attracted to the business of what we can give to heaven. Because we're going to spend eternity with him. Is it right? Are you sure of that? Are you sure about that? Yeah? Okay, let's go to the Word of God. Today we're going to come out of the bat from Ephesians, if my iPad releases it. And uh, we're going to have a really good time. And uh, here we go. There you go. And technology, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no authority over us. And if you don't believe me, watch what I can do to you. Amen. Okay, Ephesians. We're going to come out of the NIV version. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to the good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Father, thank you for your word. We're going to go farther into it, but our minds are so small compared to what you can tell us, Lord. I ask that your spirit will inhabit, Lord, each one of us. Either we know you or we don't. Either we have given our lives to you or we haven't yet. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to run around this room and fill us with your eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 2, 10. I'm going to read it again. Are you wanted? Yeah? For we are God's handy work, created in Christ Jesus, the one and only, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Should I read it again? There's more to the story. I don't know if you're getting it, but I think there's more. For we are God's hand, I work. Created in Christ Jesus, hand, I work. So for we are God's, the hand that he works. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not some works, not to work only, but to do good works. And we know that in us, there's nothing good. The Bible says that in us, no good is found, but good is in God. Tell me wrong. Jesus, to one that says, you are the good teacher, he said, oh, whoa, 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 hold on your horses. I know you come from London. I added that a little bit. I am not good, but the Father is good. So he said, hey, for we are God's hand, I work, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Only God can do. We're pointing back at God, and God is pointing back at Christ because he paid the price, which God prepared, the Father again, prepared in advance, before the foundations of the world, in advance for us to do. Another version said he, the good things he plans for us to do long ago. And another one says that we should walk in them. So it's not something that we only manually do. It's something 
that we walk on. For he did it beforehand. So I know out of, out of the bat this sounds, okay, how do I eat that? You know, this is too much for my brain. Because we can take it and we say, ah, God said something good, but shall we digest this? Shall we take it into context? The context is Ephesians. There you go. Ephesians are people that are being taught by God how to live out their salvation. Paul is writing to Ephesus. And Ephesus is a quite new church. Or they're new in their faith. They have not been walking many, many millennia with God. They're quite new. So they're not walking for years for God. And in the works of God. And in those works. So Paul is actually making his problem. Like we make it our problem. To talk to people about how to work it out. How to be that hand I work from God. So we are coming out of the bat with that. And I believe God wants us to live something like the great Hanover. Today we're going to focus on that title for several reasons we're going to discover together. And we have only like 25 minutes and it's going to be awesome. The great Hanover. And maybe you might feel at the end it might be the great, the great tension. Because there's more to the story. So we, we love to think as believers for the ones that, of us that are here. For if you're new, don't worry about it. God can sort out in a second. We can do that at the end. You can give your life to Jesus, have eternal life, and actually enjoy the perks of being the hand I work from God as well. Don't worry about it. It's, it's solvable. It's solvable, and that's why Jesus came and died for us. And that's what we meet here. For we are God's hand I work, handiwork. Another version for handiwork in another version of the Bible, in the New Living Translation, the masterpiece. There's so many artists around us in this room that when a masterpiece is born, you know it. When, when you are an artist and you produce something that you can name, this is my masterpiece, you don't want to sell that one. You're reluctant because you're giving away something that you will be ne never, ever, ever be able to grab again. And it's part of you. It's intimate. It forms part of your spirit. Artists cannot produce what they're not. Artists can imitate if they want, but they cannot produce anything else but imitation then. Foot for soul. So we have those works. And even if we imitate God, we are his handiwork. We're his masterpiece. If we, even if we imitate God in what we read, we're still his handiwork. His masterpiece. We are created to reflect him. So, and I know this is quite a big thought. But what a great thought. That I cannot and have not the need to sustain myself. Because someone saw me and prepared for me to walk my walk. Or should we say, I'm walking his walk in my life. Some of us have great ideas that God rebukes us and don't, doesn't allow us to do. And we ask God, why do you resist me? Why can this not happen? And I have seen God one and another time and one after that one stopping me. Like he stopped Paul from going to Asia and doing a good thing. Because it was not designed for him to do it. So the gospel is so intricate, so complex, not complicated. It's simple. The blood of Christ through the Father and the Holy Spirit leads us. That's the gospel. We are saved without being able or having to do any works. 
to be able to do works because he planned them before times. And that sounds like gibberish. But it's so simple when we know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The world rages, our body, our needs rage against the nearness of instruction, the nearness of the light, because the light doesn't allow us to have illusions. We talked about illusions last week. We talked about being guided by the light and not an illusion, a false light. That's the actual meaning of illusion. And today, as we're handing over, as we're in the tension of handing over, what? A crown. And you might say, I don't have a crown. And I will defer for you. And this is good for you. I don't know if you see yourself as crowned by God, but the Bible talks about you. The Bible has been gossiping for years about you. The Bible, God himself, sees you as crowned in his eyes. He has come to not only give you salvation, but to crown you with salvation. Paul is trying to say this to the Ephesians. He's saying, hey, I come to explain to you salvation. We talked about being heads on. And what a helmet do we have? It's a crown. When you are the king, you go first into the fight. And that's why we are so big as a congregation on going into the field and going to the sidewalks and going to our offices or our classrooms, being heads on, having that crown and hell high. Not saying, well, I'm just a Christian. Saying, hey, I am a Christian. I know we're not going to fail this semester. If you are in that classroom, everyone in that room is going to have favor because you are a blessing. You're going to create the atmosphere because God is in you that is conducive to learn better and respect differently and have attention. The enemy is not going to be able to suss out confusion like in any other classroom because you are a son and a daughter of the king and you have been crowned. So we go heads on, not only with a war helmet, in our war, that we don't wage like the flesh does. We don't wear a helmet of war like humans build. We have worked it out. Yeah, creation. We have waged war, and we are waging war through being crowned by God. It's a different type of element. Funny story. We have lived a little bit of a transition already between the queen and our new king. And when you talk about the element of a crown, and I know I said, well, Chris, Ephesians doesn't talk about crowns, so give me a break. Follow me up in this one. Don't give it a second. Just chill out for a minute. I'm going to tell you. You want to know? So we're crowned by God. And we're living the transition of a crown. And every, every time something or someone is crowned, there's a transition. If you don't believe me, go to David. He was anointed king. But I have found a man after my heart. So I think before the oil was dripping over his head, God already had anointed him. He had, before I formed you, I knew you, Jeremiah 1. So if we're thinking about that, we're seeing a God that is not saying, how can I do this now? He's not, he's not responding to situations. He's walking ahead of us. And the Bible proves it one time after the other. So if we're God's Hanai work created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared for us works to do before, we see that that happened in the life of David, 
that has happened in the life of Paul because Paul could speak all these languages and dialects that he was later going to plant as churches. That's why the epistles or the cards, the letters, the cartas. So that's what we are looking at. The faith that we hold is holding us really because he created us and is using us to translate his love and his mercies and so on. And now we're going to go deeper. It says very clear that the context was Paul explained to Ephesus. They have been crowned with salvation. Salvation from their sins. Salvation from their present weight of sin is still in them. And salvation to spend eternal life like we discussed several weeks ago. But not only that. He said, I crown you. And if we look as a crown, we say that salvation is the crown of life and in life. Crowns are specific and they're personal. I was looking at what they're doing to the crown of Charles right now. Carlos in Latin. And you know what? It's funny because they're figuring out that his head is way bigger than the queen. I mean, go wonder, right? Rocket scientists are working on this. And not only that, they're trying to estimate the price because it's one crown, the crown that he's going to be crowned with in that day, in the specific day, coronation day, is between three billion and five billion pounds worth. And a lot of people said, Bleh. And some people, you know, might think, how many kids we can fit with that? And how many kids are you fitting with what you have? So we're quick to judge people. Don't worry about it. I know it's not you, but say to your neighbor, don't judge the king. <laughs> that was easy. That was too good. That was too good. Anyways, so it's personal and he has a specific shape. And it's not only that, it has a specific weight. Because you cannot put something heavier on the head of someone that can not carry it. So the weight of it, if the queen could handle it, I bet Carlos can. Charles, just doing that for YouTube. But at the same time, it is an added worth because it's a different person. They have to add stones and gems to this stone, to the, to the crown that was already there. So they're now doing that surgical artisanal work of like unwelding it, cutting it, welding it again with more material, gold and diamonds and this and that and the other. I won't bo bother you with all the stones that they're putting because some of them I don't know how even to pronounce them. But God knows what he's pronouncing over your life and what he has put in your crown because your crown is specific and it's personal. That's what the world wants us to compare our crowns among us. Even in the body of Christ, we compare our crowns. We compare our favors. The Bible says in Psalms 103, says that, you know what, we have been crowned. 103, yeah, 103, 103, 4, it says, you know what? In the New American Standard Bible, it says, you know, 103, 4 says, who redeems your life from the pit? Salvation. He who crowns you with favor and compassion. We have been crowned to express compassion. But what is it that favor means? 
Some people think that it's kindness. Some people say that it's power. Some people say, like my daughter, it's that thing that you have that. When you walk into a room and people feel that specific way, some people will hate you for your favor. Some people will love you for your favor. If you are really Christian and you're crowned, people will feel you. Even before you were a Christian, God had ordained over you a type of favor. And it works for him. And you can walk on it for him when you get saved. Prove me this, Chris. Okay, great. Paul walked into a, a town and he was, he was talking with the people in the town and, and all of a sudden this lady that was demon possessed started talking, hey, you're talking us in the name of God. It started interrupting day by day, day by day. A month later, Paul said, enough, shut up. Those are for the ones that want a gospel and a religion that feels really good and tailored to you. God sometimes will have to tell you, shut up. Because it's not about what you know, it's how you're walking it. And what does that mean? She had a spirit of discernment and she was fulfilling the laws of the land. So those are two things that are warring. She had a crown, but she was in love with her crown. So she was using her crown on her favor. She was using her gift to benefit others and the whole town. That's why when Paul got sick and tired of it, under the Spirit of God, because he was wearing his crown as well, he said, out. And as Christians, what crowns are we wearing? Are we wearing the crowns that people and society accept and are demanding from us? Or are we wearing the crowns that bring revolution and transformation? Are we anointed or are just we wealthy with understanding? Is it enough for us to go to heaven? Or are we bringing that heaven and the kingdoms of this world submitted to our king? Are we bringing the kingdom or are we suffering from the broken kingdom? Are we under the hand of the kings of this world? Or we are that church that God said, I will ordain over you to have the authority of those kingdoms, my church, the government, the sovereignty of those kingdoms is going to be upon my church, my bride, the ones that are ready, the ones that are, are ready of oil, full, anointed, that are here to stay, that bring good news, that are sheltered to the poor, the ones that are ready. Not that the ones that are just looking around, hanging from someone else's crown, sorry oil, sorry lamp. Are you wearing your helmet? Or you stop wearing your helmet because you're comparing to someone else's crown? Are you fulfilling your gift and your favors? Or are you still comparing like the world does? This is what is the truth. This is the tension, the great handover. As God handed over to us a crown, he has crowned us with favor. Another version says favors. So I say, I don't know how many heads you have, but I'm like still trying to wear all the responsibilities that I have and God has given them. Some of us can carry more than one helmet. Sorry, crown, sorry, favor. Like the talents. To one they give five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. But some of us, not even that one we wear, we hide our crown in the dirt because we know that he is a wealthy king that will come and defend from us what he has not produced. But God said, before you were, I am the great I am. And so that's the gospel. And I have probably 10 minutes to finish. Are you okay? Are you with me? This is good stuff, no? Woo, 
God is ready for us. So as we are in this story and we see ourselves as crowned, and you say, Chris, okay, we're crowned in him. We're crowned by him, not only in him, but by him. And that crown was designed for each one of us. Each one of us have an emotional stamina. Each one of us has an IQ, an intelligence that is due to the role that we are supposed to be fulfilling, not only in the body of Christ, but in the kingdom that we are in, in the society that we live in. So God has prepared us beforehand to do what we do best. No one can do like you do it when you do it. That's the reality of life. So your crown doesn't fit in any other head. Like Charles is having a problem right now because he fit the last king, queen, really. But the king now cannot wear the same thing because it would look minute. He has a big head. I don't know if he has big hands. The queen might have had a small head, but she had big hands. She was in everything. She was doing it. And that's what God calls us to have hands that match our crown. The hand I work. So when we meet those two, Old Testament, New Testament, the crowned, but also the hand I work, the favors that I work. And he's, if the Bible is saying that he has crowned you with favors, how are you working out who you are and how much people are getting from being you? Are you being you? Are you working out your crown? And as we come into this process of salvation, as Paul is trying to walk us with Ephesus, because this word is alive and is relevant today as it was yesterday for Ephesus and for London and for around the world, as, walk, as we walk with Christ and we know that his crowning on us is specific and is personal, has been shaped to our heads, and it has been given to us the weight and the stamina to walk on it, as we know that God is not going to put a weight that we cannot sustain if we're relying on him, not by ourselves, in him. As we know all these things, do we know the material we're made of? Or we just say bland and empty things like, I was born for this, like the world does. Because God crowned the world and your neighborhood through you. The other day, I had a guy came to me and says, like, you look like the boss. And I'm like, okay, do I own your money? <laughs> and I was like, out of the blue. It's like, you look like you walk in a specific way. Do you own anything around here? And I said, yeah, promises. <laughs> he looked at me. He was a bit more crazy than I am. He said, well, I have to tell you, good things are coming. And I can see that you have authority to walk on the streets. In that moment, I said, are you from the Lord or are you from the devil? <laughs> And with authority, you talk. <laughs> but maybe we needed to hear that. And maybe I want to share that with you. Do you know that you have a crown for the territory? Do you have a crown for the job, for the family, for the relationships that are represented through you? You are equipped with the shoulders for the weight that you carry, for the anointing, for the favors that you carry. For God has been with you, and he has ordained it from the beginning. Do you know? So we go to Jeremiah, and we say, before I knew you, before you knew me, I formed you. Before I, God, formed you, you, and you can just put your name on that. Before. 
and after. I crowned you. I separate you. I ordained you. I identified you. Before you were born, I identified you. I ordained you. And I crowned you with favors to do something. Where? In Christ. So we are the handwork of God in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, we have that ordained identity, strength, stamina, emotional, spiritual, and physical to do what he planned before. Not only that, we can go straight out to saying, hey, he knows how I smell in a room. How have you go, gone into a friend's house? Does it smell different than your house? Families have a smell. We want to we wanna understand it. We might think, well, that's, that's hormones. And it is, actually. But at the same time, have you seen that dogs don't bark at everyone that come into your house? We all say, oh, dogs, you know, they feel you. You know, it's the hormones. Lola is crazy with Gimo and I because she's a female. Our dog, by the way. <laughs> Just saying, you know. The pastor has a side chick. Yeah, I do. It's called Lola. She's a great dog. Cavachon. My wife bought it, and I walk it. So we have a specific aroma as Christians as well. When you walk into the room, you bring something. When Christ walks through you, shall I say, he brings something to the table. What he has designed you to bring from his essence and presence, his smell comes through you. Or are you bringing your own smell? Some smells are a bit more aggressive. It's like spicy sauce and wasabi. They attack you differently, right? If you eat a spicy sauce, it attacks you, it attacks you only in your mouth and, and through your throat and all that kind of stuff. And it's beautiful. I love it. Let's go spicy. But also, I love wasabi. And it attacks you in a nasal way. It just, it goes up. It doesn't go down. It just goes up. They're spicy both, but they're so different. Each one of us have our own anointing, our own style given by God and portraying his presence, his personality in the most glorious way because that's what he used to do. He used to actually order people, you're going to be portraying my character. He used to, and I think that he has not stopped. You portray the glory of God, his presence, his glory, his character. His stamina to love and to be compassionate. You portray that. You're the hand I work that people see in Christ. You're the hand that he works. And you are specific to the zone that you live in. You're specific to the year, to the date that you were born in. You're specific to your friends. You're specific to the gender that you've been given. You're specific. And God doesn't miss the shot. He's a specific God. He's not asking, like, oh, what do you think about it? God is not insecure, and he doesn't need our applause. Before we started praising God, God was God. He doesn't need our worship. He lets us worship. He allows us to get to know him, and we worship different. Show me someone that goes crazy in the front like Courtney, just kind of praising God, and, and you say, what's wrong with that person? Maybe that person is knowing God. Show me person that is in the bag, hands in the pocket, and I don't know what I'm doing. That person maybe doesn't have an understanding of who is God. The more we know God, the more difficult it becomes to stay still in his presence and say, and I will worship you, or whatever they were doing. 
So in Christ we have a smell, we have an essence, we have a sound. Some of you guys know that my grandma once made me pray out loud so she could hear my voice. And at the end, after I tried to really fake it and pray something really awesome, my, wife, my, my grandma only wanted to hear that voice praise him because she was in that season of her life. And she knew that the sound that I was doing was a design original from the Lord. She said, oh, that sound. He even designed your voice. What a lesson. So my aroma, my hormones, my sound, my essence, my personality has been designed also for that crown. But maybe we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing with our crowns? If we go to Psalms, we're going to go to 8.5. Now, actually, you know what? Short of time, let's go to Revelations. Revelations 4 says in the version that I caught it for it, it would say, around the throne, Revelation 4.4. You can take notes, read it. Revelation is usually in between the first book and the last book of the Bible, so you have to read everything to find it, by the way. Little joke. You can laugh. Start reading. It says, Revelation 4, 4 says, Around the throne there were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones, the kings, thrones, kings have thrones, you have a crown, you have a throne, what you're doing with your throne and your crown, there you go. And I saw 24 elders, people with experience, people that people respect, elders. If the Bible explains it right and we understand it, how it explains it, it says the elders are nothing else but people that are respected and acknowledged that have experience and a leadership. Around the throne there were 24 thrones, Lives, crowns, 24 elders, experience, authority, clothed with white garments, good reputation, and a golden crown in their heads. They knew who they were. And if we, for the sake of time, go to Revelations 4.10, he says, then those 24 elders, after the surroundings of the throne meant worship, went it meant business, essentially. They will fall before him who sits on the throne, and they will worship him. They will join into the worship. This didn't start with us. Although your crown has your age, it was designed before the foundations of the world. And it says, they will worship him who lives forever and ever. And they will cast their crowns before the throne, the throne of God. So they will come off out of their eldership, their leadership, their pristine looks and their experiences to say, hey, you know what? Everything I have attained, everything that I was born to is nothing compared to who you are because everything started with you. You are God. And without you, there's nothing. 24 elders bowing down Acknowledging that he's from there before the beginning. The beginning has a starting date in him, but he's outside of the chronos. He's in Kairos. God's time, Kairos, Chronos, your time, what we have in our little wrist, the Big Ben. And he lives forever and ever. And we will crown our anointings, our crowns. We will cast them. Our crowns, our experiences, our crowns, what we were born to do. 
we are designed to cast them down in front of him. Elders, they were like you and me. It doesn't say if it was men or women. I choose to say God likes both because he created both. But he was very specific, men and women. And he says, you know what? Forever, I'll give you the possibility of joining in to be able to cast down what I've given you, to join in into my presence, into my nearness from forever to forever. The crowns were dropped, that were laid in front of a king. What are we doing with our crowns? First of all, God said, get working. And with this, we close. The worship team can pressure me there. We have been called to work it out. Work our anointing, our favors. The favors, the crowns, or the favor, the crown that you have. How many favors and how many crowns do you have? That's for God to walk it with you. Don't let anyone say, no, you don't have that crown. Let God be the one that says, no, 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 not that way. Not to Asia, Paul. Only God can tell you what crowns do you have. Only God. Remember that. God will use the elders. Yes, of course. But those elders, you have to see the elders in your life throwing their crowns away. Because their experience is nothing compared to the throne and being obedient to God. So those crowns, what are you doing with them? The one or the many? Don't judge yourself. Don't compare yourself. What are you doing your crown? Do the work. Work your crown. Work your favor. Work your favors. If you have favor to ask for donations, go and ask for donations. The people are needing something donated. If you have favor with men and status, go and preach to people that influence others. If that's your crown, wear it and put your head high because God has measured it and has given you the shoulders to wear it with his personality. He's identified you, has sanctified you, separated you to wear that favor, that type of compassion. Some of us would see some kind of problems and say, and say, wow, compassion. But you see a dog in the street and you have no compassion for it. You didn't even see it. But you saw a person begging and you still think about it. It's like, oh my, I saw. Or you hear of a war and you have compassion for the people in the war. That's a compassion that you have. Some of others read the news and say, oh, Ukraine and Russia again. Oh. And they flick the page. They don't have that type of compassion that you have. Where are your crown? What are you doing in this season? Where are your crowns? Have you understood your crowns? And lately, when you understand, when you get comfortable on wearing it, God invites you to humble yourself and lay it down. Full circle. What came from God will go back to God. From dirt you came, and to dirt you will return. I love God. He completes all things. Don't worry about this season. God will bring it down into completeness. Don't worry about that challenge. God will complete it. Don't worry about your finances. God knows what you need in your pocket. And we can go on and on and on. How do we lay? How do we chuck? Because when you're in front of a king or someone important, you don't act dignified. Act David. David 
recuperated the worship. He recuperated what generations had not acknowledged that they needed. It was the presence of God. He had a position. He had been found by God and given an anointing. He had been given tools and crowns by God and by men. And men only can give you what God already gave you before. That's why you can walk it. That's the gospel. The lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Jesus only could walk because the father said, before we start, you're slain. You're going to save these people. As we close, we have been crowned for work. Are we doing that work? Second, are we doing that work with the permission of heaven or we are comparing our crowns and doing what is not for us to do? Discernment, let's ask wisdom. Thirdly, have we become in love with our crowns when they were succeed, successful? Because that's another tendency. Oh, this worked. I keep it. And God said, no, wisdom gives it back, chucks it away. The crown that you don't chuck away will choke you. The favor that you don't use for the Lord will become a nightmare in your life. These are words for us to meditate. These are words that are not easy to swallow because it means that we won because he designed our victory. But our victory has meaning if we take our victory to the cross. We go into our faces, to our feet, and say, I'm not only going to walk it, I'm not going to fall in love with this that people think of me. I'm going to chuck it back in his feet because he's worth it. Revelations says, 4.10. And he says, these 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshiped him. And they said, he that lives forever and ever. And they laid down their crowns before the throne and they said, you are worthy. Our Lord and God, Jesus the Father. Our Lord Jesus, God the Father. To receive glory and honor and power. Glory, honor, and power. Our favors, our crowns, direct people to the glory, to the honor of the Father, and to His power. We want to see change. We want to see transformation. Let's wear our crowns. Let's, let's literally use the space of earth that God has given us and the favors that He has put in us to depict who he is. And they also continued saying, for you created all things and by your will in the beginning, God, they were created and have their being. In you they exist. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your presence. Father, we swing it as hard as we can every day we understand that you are always right and father we're trying to discover your character in your heart 
as we live in this grace and the favors that you have given us, Father, for us that know you, for the ones that don't know, that this is your moment. If you have not made a decision for Jesus and you are in this room, if you made a decision but you walked away from that decision and you are in this room, God wants to invite you to wear your crown. And to be able to wear your crown, you have to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to walk behind you. I declare you as my only Lord and Savior. It is your life and it's your steps that I want to live today. I declare it, Lord. If that's you, we want to have a conversation in the back when we're finished. But Father, for the rest of us that sometimes stumble into those graces and favors, Lord, into those compassions that you have created us and designed for us, Lord. As we, as we are trained, Father, in the weights that they carry, Father, in the daily, Father, we ask for your wisdom. Father, for that power of salvation to still manifest in us. So, Lord, we are able to be open letters because two things are for sure. You gave it to us and you tailored it to who you gave it to. So we're going to work it. This is the he and this is the us. This is the you and this is the us, Lord. We're not only going to work it, but Father, we renounce from today to all this favor. So we don't get in love with the favors and never meet you, Lord, doing deeds Father, that never represented your character. So we strip ourselves from, from these crowns, Father. We ask for your favor, but also we ask for the grace to be able to let it down at your feet, to let it down in front of the one that created it all and sustains it all. Because, Father, you are the only one worthy. You're the only one worthy. And in Christ, Father, that crown is in good hands. We bless you, Lord. Father, I ask for wisdom during this week for all of us, Father, for your anointing, for your favor, Father, for your, for your grace, Lord, for your compassions, Lord, to be alive and manifested through each one of us, Lord, in our workspaces, with our friendships, our relationships, Lord. Father, the way that we decide upon things and matters so we can fill all the spheres of society with your glory so the kingdoms of this world, the kings of this world will be able to see that you are a great God and they will surrender. And Father, we will be as a church able because they will join you. They will be part of the church. It's not that you're stripping them from their crown. Father, they will become part of the church and they will be able to have their opportunity to lay their crowns down because you also chose them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our king. We pray for the kings of this world, Father, that their peace will be complete, that their joy, Father, will be beyond their actions, Father, beyond their character. It will be based in you, Father. We ask for mercy and we ask for peace for their households, for their minds, Lord. We ask for health if that's what you have designed for them in the season that they are. Father, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, because you are our bread, we ask you today, give us that daily bread. 
in Jesus' name, Father. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.